أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قد أفلح المؤمنون الذين هم في صلاتهم خاشعون والذين هم عن اللغو معرضون والذين هم للزكاة فاعلون صدق الله العظيم Over the past two days we discussed the aspect of Salah, importance of Salah and what a fundamental aspect this is in Deen. Without Salah there can be no progress whatsoever. And then the aspect of the Khushu in Salah that we have to try and develop this concentration, this humility in the Salah, this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. This too is something extremely important to try and develop. As mentioned that the basic level is that a person deliberately does not bring any thought to mind, does not deliberately start thinking of other things in Salah. And if some thought comes away to his mind, then he does not continue with it. There will be a point where he will suddenly realize that I'm drifting, then he doesn't continue with this thought. Now something came, it might have been a very important work that got left. and he completely forgot about it before Salah. Now in his Salah, Shaitan will bring that to mind. So now he realized that I forgot this work. And then he also realizes in Salah. But now he's planning that how I'm going to sort this out. This is a major thing that I slipped up with. That now he is deliberately going into it. For a moment he wasn't aware of it. He he's involuntarily slipped into that thought. But now he is going because there was something worrying for him. That he's away is in Salah now, and now he is still deliberately thinking about this. This is totally against the dictates of Khushu. So the minimal level of Khushu is that he does not deliberately bring any thought to his mind. And if some thought came away involuntarily, then he does not entertain it. And if he totally just drifted without even realizing where he went away, but for a moment he was gone, and then he suddenly realized, I'm in Salah, where am I gone to? immediately bring the mind back to Salah. And then the various things that were discussed in terms of things that can be or should be done to enhance the khushu in Salah is the aspect from the wudu. That to the extent that wudu will be performed diligently with the adab, with the etiquettes and with all the sunnats being fulfilled correctly and not wasting water etc. This will have a positive effect on the person's salah in terms of the khushu and khudu in the salah. Then in the salah itself, to concentrate on the meaning of what one is reciting, if you know the meaning, that is the ideal thing. If one does not know the meaning, to concentrate on the tajweed, one is correctly pronouncing every letter, to be conscious of performing all the various postures of salah in the sunnah manner. Am I doing everything correctly, sunnah, in the sunnah procedure? And before the Salah to be spending a short while also if possible, little more time, but even a little bit of time in some istighfar, a citation of la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah, and a little muraqaba that this could very well be my last Salah. Sallu salata muwaddi'in, he is concentrating on this, that this could very well be my last Salah. So these aspects will enhance this khushu in Salah. This is an extremely important thing to try and develop this. If you understand this, that in the Quran Sharif, 
throughout the Quran Sharif, numerous places is the command of Salah. And wherever this command is, the command is iqamate salah. Wa aqimu salah. Yuqimuna salah. Right from the beginning. Alladheena yu'minuna bil ghaib. Wa yuqimuna salah. Everywhere where the command of salah has come, it has come with iqamat. Iqamat means establishing salah. Establishing salah means that a person is performing the salah fully with all its etiquettes in the proper manner with khushu and khudu. There is only one place in the Quran Sharif where this does not come with iqamat salah. Where in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam وَإِذَا كُنْتَ فِيهِمْ فَأَقَمْتَ لَهُمُ الصَّلَاةَ فَلْتَقُمْ طَائِفَةٌ مِّنْهُمْ مَعَكَ وَلْيَأْخُذُوا أَسْلِحَتَهُمْ That this is the situation where in war, in the moment where there is an active battle carrying on, so the one procedure is that it's time for salah. So some will go away for the salah. Others would remain engaged on the battlefield. And then when they come, others will go. At the time of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, this was one issue now that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the Imam. Everybody wants to be behind him. And at the same time, it is not the right thing to do to totally become heedless of the enemy. There was a salah that Allah Ta'ala then revealed, Salatul Khawf. Now in the Salatul Khawf, Allah Ta'ala says to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi You have established salah. Now half of them will be with you, all will, what do you call, be performing the salah simultaneously but in a little different way. First one half will start, the other half will be engaging the enemy concentrating towards the enemy that they mustn't suddenly attack. So further down, this is a complete detailed tartib, but the point is that further Allah Ta'ala says, فَلْيُسَلُّوا وَلْتَقُمْ the other group now will come. Half will perform one rakat behind Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And they will go to engage the enemy. After one rakat. The other half will come and join. On this occasion Allah Ta'ala says, فَلْيُسَلُّوا There's no iqamat mentioned here. This is the only place in the Quran Sharif. And why? This is the particular moment where this is in the midst of a battle. There's movement between the battlefront and salah. And this concern that at any moment we could be attacked, this is on the battlefield. So on the battlefield, this aspect of khushu could get compromised, it's understandable. So on this occasion, there isn't this command of iqamat salah. But as soon and Regarding Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he is still being commanded with وَأَقَمْتَ لَهُمُ الصَّلَاةِ Because despite whatever the condition is, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's iqamat salah and khushu is not affected in any way. But the rest of people, that's a different situation. In the midst of the battlefield, it will get compromised. So Allah Ta'ala will overlook it. But فَإِذَتْ مَأْنَنْتُمْ Now when this battle is over, this is not the case now. فَإِذَتْ مَأْنَنْتُمْ فَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ when this condition of battle is over, this itminan is now there, now come back to iqamat salah 
No more now just performing the salah. Can we imagine that every word of the Quran Sharif has a meaning in it? No way some word comes just because it is just to add some space or something. Every place something comes, it has a specific significance. Throughout the Quran Sharif, hundreds of times is the command of salah with iqamat salah. This is the one place where it comes for you sallu ma'ak. They will perform the salah with you. But in the same sequence of events, at the end of it, salah. And this is the only issue in the whole thing. Otherwise, all the other aspects have to be in place. But because the khushu will get compromised in the midst of battle, Allah Ta'ala forgave that khushu. Can we imagine the importance of developing this khushu? So it is not something to be just taken as, by the way, this is an essential aspect. It's something to work on, something to make an effort of, effort behind. And, man talab shay'an wajada. The one who truly has talab for something, is seeking something. One is a person has a, just a casual wish. Talab is something else. Talab is a deep searching person is earnestly seeking something. When he's earnestly seeking something, then he'll make an effort accordingly. A person is seeking some kind of income. So now he goes around looking for a job here, there, everywhere. He doesn't sit and say, well, inshallah, make dua for me. Something will come up. And he's not even coming out of the house to look for something. He's got the talab for it. And maybe a more practical example, that one is, that there is a Somebody has given some dawat and person is aware that this is this person's dawat is seven course is like old fashioned. So now he has now he's been invited as well, so he has that talab for that to be there. Now he's maybe a distance away, maybe he doesn't have any arrangements of transport to get there. Maybe the manner to get there is a bit difficult also. So he'll sit and say, well, you know, I got this dawad, I really want to go there, make dua I get there. You'll find him one day before getting there. I can't afford to miss out on this. So that talab for that, being part of that dawad now, makes him make all the calls around, who's going, when can somebody pick me up? He's not content to just leave it, well, I tried one call now, he's not going to, or he can't make it, or he'll be gone beforehand, forget about it, leave it. He'll be going to whatever extent he can, but for what? For what meal? And after that, that's finished, over. So the point is, but that talab drives him. And there's a talab. Talab is something beyond just a wish. There is a thirst. When a person is truly thirsty for something, and he will do what is necessary to quench that thirst. So likewise, there has to be this talab. With this talab, there will be dua as well. So the talab will drive him to undertake whatever efforts are required. And in that efforts, the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala will come. It will happen only with Allah Ta'ala's fuzzle. But the procedure in dunya is, Allah Ta'ala's system is, that you make the talab, you have the talab, make the effort, you make the dua, we'll get the work done for you. This is the procedure, and this is sunnatullah. This is the system Allah Ta'ala has placed. Otherwise, it will only happen with Allah Ta'ala's fazal, not in our efforts or our anything else. Allah Ta'ala will make it happen. But we have to make the effort and we have to do what is 
necessary. So this was the first aspect mentioned here that what will make the believers successful. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ Then the second aspect that is mentioned here is وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّغْوِ مُعْرِضُونَ That those who totally shun things that are futile, low, things that have no benefit in deen, no benefit in dunya, doesn't benefit a person's akhirat, doesn't benefit a person's dunya also. There are many ways in which to explain this lahu, but just to understand it with something very, very practical, something that is very common, unfortunately, how many times there are some emails that will come, some correspondence will come, that my husband has no time for me because he's too busy with playing games on his phone every day. Husband doesn't have time for his family, why? Because he is too busy playing games on his phone. So now, this we thought was something that was pertaining to children. But now in Urdu, they say, Pachpan. Pachpan means 55. Pachpan a gaya, abhi bachpan gaya nahi. Bachpan means childhood. So Pachpan a gaya, abhi bachpan nahi gaya. That 55, the age of 55 has come, but childhood hasn't gone yet. Now, this is just one very common example of lahu. And this sometimes is not just on the level of lahu. Often it's gone into the level of minimum makruh and often haram. But the least is that it will be on the stage of lahu. But this lahu, things that border something, it takes a person beyond the border at points. In the hadith, Nabi Islam says that halal is also very, very clear and haram is also very, very clear. And between the two are certain things which are mushtabihat, which are some doubtful things. A person says, well, this is not clearly haram, not forbidden, is it haram? So, well, if it's not haram, then it means must do it. But Nabi Islam says that stay away from these doubtful things also because the doubtful it borders haram. So now the person is going to be on the border. So Nabi Islam is giving an example. The person is grazing his animals around on the border of the royal pasture. Like the royal pasture, you're not permitted to enter there. That's a major crime now, a person crosses into royal pastures. So now he is going on the border. But now when he's going on the border, how can he control his animals? They're on the border, that one, he'll be looking in one direction and the next thing is, animals will already be grazing in the royal pasture. When they're grazing in the royal pasture, he's in serious trouble. So this example that he's been given, is that when that animal will be on the border, you can't control it. You don't know when it'll just jump over. So likewise, don't get into things that are on the border of haram because it's animal of the nafs. You can't control it. When it'll be on the border of haram, it'll just jump into the border. You'll think, well, I, it's fine, I'm controlling it. But when you're on the border, you have no idea in one second it'll be gone. And then the damage is done. Now you've gone into royal pastures. Royal pastures are forbidden ground. So what is haram is like royal pasture. 
Allah Ta'ala has forbidden it. Don't ever get into this place. So now the person wants to get into things that are makru. So the makru opens the door to haram. Makru et tanzihi opens the door to makru et tahrimi. And makru et tahrimi opens the door to haram. Like the other side of it, that the adab, the person who is punctual, he's con conscious, he's careful about fulfilling adab, then the adab will protect his amal on sunnat. And if he is careful about sunnat, that will protect his wajib. And he's careful about the wajibat, this will protect his faraiz. And the reverse also applies. The shaykh state that man tahawana bil adab uqiba bi hirmani sunnah. So I say, well, this is part of mustahab. So mustahab in our terminology means that something you must leave out. Let alone that, that if you say it's sunnah, say, well, it's sunnah, it's not farz. So sunnah means you must leave it out. Whereas sahaba, if it was sunnah, it meant you must give your life for it. So now, the Ahlullah state that man tahawana bil adab uqiba bi hirmani sunnah. The one who neglects deliberately, carelessly, can't be bothered. One is that a person is conscious that I'm missing something, but it's my weakness. And he's feeling this regret, I should start doing this also. That is a different issue. But the person has the opportunity to do it, he's taking no time, no effort, he knows, he's remembering these are the adab, but he's just careless about it and not concerned. So the person who tahawun, he trivializes it to an extent with his actions. The effect of that will be that he'll become deprived of the sunnah. This will be the punishment of neglecting the adab carelessly. In a way that this is nothing, this is trivial. And then this will come The person who will be now very, very casual and careless about fulfilling the sunnahs then this will result in, in him getting deprived of the faraiz. And then the time will come, the person will be missing some farz namaz sometimes, sometimes he is missing some other obligations, and says, well, fine, we'll sort it out later. He's, there's no real pain about it. There's no concern about it. Whereas, there were those, Ahlullah, if they missed their tahajjud by chance, then it was like grief the whole day. Forget faraiz. They missed their tahajjud. It was like grief the whole day for them. So now when the person, the, now it started off way at the adab. He was now just casual about the adab. Well, this is mustahab, this adab. Something of etiquette. Doesn't matter. So this then came onto the point of sunnah. The same attitude came with the sunnah. So now he's missing his faraiz. وَمَنْ تَحَاوَنَ بِالْفَرَائِذِ عُوْقِبَ بِحِرْمَانِ الْمَعْرِفَةِ The person who is just casual and careless about farz, he did it, he did it, he didn't do it, he didn't do it, he's not concerned. The effect of this is, the word used is ma'rifat. What is actually being meant is, his iman is in danger. But now the next is that, he will commit kufr also and not be concerned. He'll be doing things which are sometimes on the border of kufr, and sometimes blatant kufr. And he'll think, well, life carries on. The way it started off from, the root, and where it finishes off. So therefore, this lahu also, it borders this makru at the minimum. 
and sometimes it's already in bordering haram, sometimes it's into haram too, it goes away. So the safety of a person's deen is in staying away from lahu. And here Allah Ta'ala is saying, Qad aflahal mu'minun, that believers are successful who have these qualities in them. They have this khushu in their salah. And the second aspect is, There is something that is, maybe it might be a kind of, uh, something as a pastime, whatever, but there is something constructive in it. There isn't any element in it which is against deen. It might be just something that the person is getting some kind of relaxation out of it, but he's doing it for the purpose of freshening his mind. There is nothing against deen in it. It's not something futile. There is some physical benefit out of it. There is some exercise getting out of it. Alhamdulillah, no problem. There are certain limits within certain parameters. A person is doing certain things. He should make mashwara about it. He should inquire. This is particular thing that I do. Is it within the limits or not? So, but these kind of things now, and these things become addictions. They become addictions. And no addict admits that he's an addict. Ask anybody whether he's an addict, nobody admits it. If he is, he'll never admit it. And if he is not an addict, he'll say, look, I think I'm getting there. So these things become addictions also. And then all these things start, this sequence of events that are being mentioned here. Khushu in salah and refraining from lahu. That a person who will refrain from lahu, this will help his khushu in salah. Otherwise that lahu will come in his salah also. So these are the qualities that Allah Ta'ala is speaking about, many other aspects as well. These are things that we have to work towards, we have to try and make an effort to inculcate these things in our lives. And this success that Allah Ta'ala is promising, this will come by making an effort to bring these things. Kamyabi, kam se hai, na to husne kalam se hai. Kamyabi, success, kam se hogi, na ke husne kalam se hogi, zikr ke ehtimam se hogi ke iltizam se hogi, fikr ke ehtimam se hogi. Kamyabi, kam se hogi. The success in anything, and especially in deen, this will come by doing things, by getting involved in what we're supposed to do. Na ke husne kalam se hogi. Just merely talking about it and hearing about it, this alone is not going to work. That has its place. Talking about it has its place. But that is not the end of it. That is only just to give the start to it. That is only just to ignite and to just get the engine running. But then the person has to drive. And what will be the things? Zikr ke iltizam se hogi. Or fikr ke ehtimam se hogi. It will be with this constancy on zikr. And this conscious fikr. That a person has this concern. Am I doing the right things? Am I progressing? Why am I slipping back? What do I do now to sort it out? When this concern will be there, this fikr will drive him forward. This is the biggest key. The key is fikr. To the extent fikr has developed, then this fikr will drive a person to get everything done. Allah Ta'ala give me also and all of us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah. Subhanallah.